Hello, I'm Joe Honeyhockey, and welcome to the Heavenly Social, where I introduce you to our heavenly brothers and sisters, the saints. Those people who've achieved the goal of union with God by emulating Christ here on earth. Jesus was the perfect man, so it's a tall order to conduct ourselves just like him. Even so, this is the expectation God places on us. However, he is fully aware we'll never truly stack up. I mean, how could we? We can't. Not without his help. One of the most beautiful aspects of our faith is that we profess a God who knows we are unworthy of him. Yet he gives us everything we need to be with him, including saints. Examples of what emulating Jesus looks like in all the complexity and nuance of striving to be like God in the flesh. So I ask, do you wish to be good as Jesus was good? Or have you faced an insurmountable task, met with minimal victory? Then might I introduce you to Saint Ansgar? And intro. St. Ansgar was born September 8th of 801, near the city of Amiens. I'm sorry, it might be uh, Amiens. In what is now France, to a noble Frankish family. When he was around five years old, his mother died. Shortly thereafter, his father sent him to Corby Abbey in Picardy, France. This was a Benedictine monastery where Ansgar subsequently received his education. He was apparently a mischievous lad. According to the Vita Ansgari, his biography, Ansgar was often found to be giving attention to foolish talk and jests, as children do. At some point during his childhood, Ansgar encountered a vision in the night. He appeared to be in a muddy bog from which he couldn't escape. Beside him was a delightful path on which he saw a matron advancing. She was distinguished by her beauty and was followed by many other women, including his mother. When he saw his mother, he tried running to her, but he couldn't, as he was hampered down by the bog. Upon seeing his effort, the woman in front, whom he understood to be Mary, went to him and said, My son, do you wish to accompany your mother? Ansgar responded that he did. Mary answered, If you desire to share our companionship, you must flee from every kind of vanity, and put away childish jests, and have regard to the seriousness of life. For we hate everything that is vain and unprofitable, nor can anyone be with us who has delight in such things. After this vision, Ansgar devoted himself to constant reading and meditation. He rejected the childish things he once devoted himself to, much to the surprise of his friends, as it was a pretty sudden and dramatic change. Years passed, and as many of us have experienced, the strength of his resolve began to wane. In the year 814, when Ansgar was 13 years old, Emperor Charlemagne died, and with his death, Ansgar became filled with fear and dread. You see, he had seen Charlemagne before, and was absolutely awestruck 
by the power and honor he commanded. And he had heard about just how wise and uh, just of an emperor he was. In the midst of the fear that gripped him, as he wrestled with who could possibly succeed as a great emperor, the words the Holy Mother spoke in his vision came back to him. At once, he felt a divinely inspired remorse, and redevoted himself to prayer and fasting. As a result, the world became dead to him, as all he lived for was the divine. This rejuvenation of his spirit remained with him, and in hindsight, is precisely what he needed for what God was going to call him to do. Fast forwarding a little bit, Ansgar was ordained to the priesthood in the Benedictine order, and in 822, he was sent as a missionary to what is now modern-day Germany. He ventured north to what then is, well, what is now modern-day Denmark, uh, with King Harold Clack, where he opened a school for the sons of courtiers. But after the king's downfall in 827, Ansgar had to return back south to Germany. Two years later, King Bjorn II of Sweden requested missionaries for his people. So King Louis the Pious, who had succeeded Charlemagne, sent Ansgar along with a companion. He found pretty great success in Sweden, thanks to the hospitality of a wealthy widow and the king's own steward. In 831, Ansgar attended King Louis's court in Worms, Germany, where he was appointed as the Archbishop of Hamburg-Bremen. The duties of his new appointment was the evangelization of the Northlands, which are Denmark, Norway, and Sweden, and he dedicated himself to that mission with the utmost vigor. While he was still managing his own diocese, Ansgar organized missionaries for the northern countries, and ventured there himself, dialoguing with kings to allow churches to be built and missionaries to be welcomed. It was difficult. The pagan roots of the north ran very deep, and while Christianity was tolerated, it took much effort to bring about conversion, as it was common for territories to revert to paganism after missionaries left or were expelled. Through miracles and the passion of his preaching, Ansgar fought for what God had revealed to him, which was simply to bring the gospel to his people, and he did so with humility and devotion. The quote I've seen most attributed to Ansgar came about when a friend spoke of Ansgar's healing miracles, which he preferred to be kept quiet. Ansgar responded with, Were I worthy of such a favor from my God, I would ask that he would grant me this one miracle, that by his grace he would make of me a good man. He truly wanted any and all good works he performed to be attributed to the glory of God. Ansgar's faith was certainly tested in the years following Louis the Pious's death in 840. The kingdom became divided, and Ansgar lost his abbey in Turholt. In 845, the Danes raided Hamburg, and as a result, Archbishop Ansgar effectively lost his see. The new king, Louis the German, moved Ansgar to the Diocese of Bremen in 848. 
In spite of these and even more difficulties that I haven't mentioned, Ansgar never forgot his calling and his mission to tend to the northern people. He spent two years in Sweden until 850 and built rapport with the Danish kings amid their civil war in order to build churches and spread the mission of the gospel. On February 3rd, 865, Ansgar passed away peacefully in Bremen. It was Ansgar's successor, Rimbert, who wrote the Vita Ansgari, and despite Rimbert's attempts to continue his missionary works, the northern countries returned to paganism. Christianity wouldn't make any significant return for another 200 years. However, Pope Nicholas I declared Ansgar a saint shortly after his death, and he has since become known as the Apostle of the North and the patron of Scandinavia. Now, I was tempted initially to meditate on courage after learning Ansgar's story, but as I sat a bit longer with him, the virtue of faith stuck out more to me. After all, great courage takes great faith. Not necessarily faith that whatever feat is being undertaken will be successful, but faith that whatever it is matters. In this way, faith and courage seem closely, uh, well, incredibly close. So don't be surprised if I might switch between the two as I go on with my thoughts. Now, I've known a little bit about Ansgar for over a year now, and the quote I mentioned in his story is what initially drew me to him. If I were worthy of such a favor from God, I would ask that he grant me this one miracle, that by his grace he would make of me a good man. I, I love it, and I've prayed my own version of such a request every day for quite some time now, because when all is said and done, I want to be labeled by God in heaven as a good man. Sounds simple enough, but golly, a brief examine tells me I still got quite a bit of work to do, and I'll probably always have a lot of work to do, but it's so worth it. I just love the simplicity of asking to be a good man. There's a humble quality to it, and a quiet strength. A good man stands firm to his principles, and is a staunch defender of them. Slow to anger, and motivated by virtue. When a good man is called upon to fight, even demons will flee. This can be a hazy thing to identify, though. It's pretty easy to feign virtue in the public sphere and to lie to ourselves in private. And that's why an examine is so critically important. Not only to identify our strengths and weaknesses, but to identify who we spend our time around and what kind of media we consume. And perhaps more importantly, why we're doing that. We naturally act like those we spend the most time with. So if the goal is to be good, then the saints are phenomenal company to keep. To answer that call to goodness, to serve God 
takes an enormous amount of perseverance. And when our effort appears to be in vain, that can be an extraordinarily difficult thing to maintain. Or near impossible, in fact. This is where faith and courage come into play. Just like how Ansgar's efforts didn't have a long-lasting impact, they still mattered. He still served God and believed in what was revealed to him. And his reward is eternal life. We don't know God's plans. We simply need to respond when he calls. Ansgar's story also shows us the role of free will in humanity. Our will is crucial to our identities as humans, so much so that one of the two ways we share in the image and likeness of God is by our free will. That said, when it comes to evangelization efforts, only God can truly speak to a person's heart. And we must always keep in mind that while God yearns with intense passion to be united to each one of us, he will never force a person's will. We, just as everyone we meet, must choose God of our own volition. That can be frustrating as heck. I can imagine how frustrated Ansgar must have felt to see his efforts go seemingly without bearing any fruit. He knew God called him to evangelize the North, and he committed his life to this conviction by his free will. This faith is why I'm certain he became a saint, and that's why I find Ansgar so helpful in my own journey toward sainthood. Well, no, the, the Christian faith in Northern Europe didn't last long beyond Ansgar's efforts, but how comforting is it to know that our sainthood is not determined by our success on earth? We are still called to act and to share the gospel message, yes. But if others, by the exercise of their own free will, want nothing to do with it, and want nothing to do with what you have to say, then God has shown us that that isn't held against you. We can't possibly know the seeds that we may sow in the lives of others. So we must patiently trust that God has things handled. Again, looking back to those northern countries, a couple hundred years later, Christianity came back, and we ended up getting many more saints from those countries. All that matters in the end is faithfulness to his will and what he reveals to us. So let's take the time to listen and discern just how he wants us to become great saints. That does it for this episode. Remember to hold fast to your faith, and one day someone might just tell your story. And outro. That does it for this episode. Oh, excuse me. Yes. <laughs> As it was common for territories to revert to paganism after missionaries. Oh boy.
Christianity really wouldn't make any sense. Uh, 